0: Hi everyone, this is Joshua Hoffman and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success and the season two discuss the future of marketing. Today I have Jason Cement, the CEO of Get Visible, a digital marketing agency that provides the full suite of services in the digital marketing lifecycle. Welcome Jason.
1: Great to be here. Looking forward to talking to you for a while.
0: Of course. And 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 we have to, you know, I have my first question all prepped and everything, uh, but we got to do something about the art really quick in the beginning for anyone that's actually watching. Um, so I know you have the Batman that everyone can see, but if you want to turn a little bit and we can show yes. the, uh, the Spongebob. Smokey dope. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, I knew we had to. I knew my had daughter to. painted that. So uh, Even better. I, was,
1: I actually did a meeting last week and the guy wanted to buy the painting from her.
0: Get, get out, that's amazing. That's I guess that's a good way to, to market it is uh, just yeah. on, on video calls. Um, but I, I want to jump right into it because you previously started a company called Magazine Mall that eventually actually led to starting the marketing agency. Right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about that story and that company and then how you got to the path uh, of Get Visible?
1: Sure. So the path precedes that. What happened was I was in college, took a marketing course, and the marketing professor said, I'm not very good at this stuff. And she wanted to flunk me. So I uh, pursued accounting instead, and became a CPA. I don't know if it really came from that. But I do remember that story. And uh, then I went to law school after uh, working a couple of years and for one of the top firms in the country in accounting. And then as I got sworn in as a lawyer, I decided I'm not going to do that right now. And I'm going to start a business. And it was like 96 internet was just getting going. And I managed to find a domain because there was no register or network solutions at that point or godaddy they didn't exist and i started a magazine subscription service uh and i started making i found somebody to build me a website some guy in texas at that point and i started a a, a and i had mag was really the public name because it was seven letters and i was able to get a phone number related to it and The idea was to sell magazine subscriptions online. And I was competing with E-News that had a $100 million war chest. They ended up, I think, getting bought out by Barnes and Noble. Amazon got into the game later. And when I first started, the way I generated business was search engine rankings. So there was AltaVista, Yahoo, Excite. Those were the main engines and Lycos. So we were doing search engine optimization. Then I got some funding and I started to do a little advertising, but Google was even my client they bought all the magazines in our inventory from our database. At the beginning, they used a fake name. I was talking to the number seven employee. I didn't know until much later you know, who they were, but they were scanning every magazine to build their database, another you know, system. So uh, a few years later, uh, my uh, developer calls me up and says, you're my biggest client. I wanna sell you my business and sell you my platform. So then I owned an e-commerce platform and I partnered with three guys overseas and we opened up an office in Russia to do custom e-commerce development. And subsequently, one of them moved to Israel, two of them moved to Israel, One, of, and that company still runs. It's called Adricom. It's uh, it stands for the American Dream Company because the founder of those three always wanted to move to America. So uh, it's sort of funny. And then in 2005, one of my first employees he called me up and he says, hey, look, you're missing the boat here because you're selling this e-commerce stuff, but you're not getting any marketing dollars. Why don't we sell them search engine rankings as a service? So for a year, he worked with me only at night. We didn't talk in the daytime because we both he had a job and I was running the business. So after a year, we had enough clients and then he quit his job. And since then, it's 18 years we've been hiring and growing. Every couple of years, we would hire another person. So now we have, I think, 16 people. And uh, like you said, the full suite of services, it's what if you can think of something that relates to digital marketing, we're doing it at this point. That's the short story.
0: (laughs) I'm here for the medium or long story. If you wanted to add some more more details Uh, and obviously we'll dive into that a little bit more. And I know did you now? did you start that company with a partner um, and and what did that look like?
1: Yes. Michael Moshkovich is my partner. He worked for me when he was 18 years old. The way I met him was crazy. This guy was walking down the street in my uh, mother-in-law's, my in-law's street, just knocking on doors. He had just moved here. And he ended up bringing in Michael and another guy who turned out to be my wife's cousin's half brother. And I didn't even know any of this stuff. And anyway, so I I used to hire a lot of people that just were needing jobs. And so I hired Michael and he's crazy smart, but he put himself through college working with me in the magazine thing. Then he, after a couple of years, he, and I taught him pretty much search engine optimization to the degree that I knew it. We wrote a book together and then he left to go work in the watch business and he was really smart. I mean, he was, you can't do this stuff anymore, but like, for example, buying Gucci ads, you could bid on the U, like it's a gamma character. I don't know what it is in Greek. So you'd buy and bid on that, but it would look like Gucci. So... He could, for his watch guy, he taught him how to buy certain, he's gonna kill me for saying this, but this it's, I think statute of limitations is way gone anyway. So, I mean, they weren't stealing anything. It's just, I think Google outlawed this kind of stuff, but he's a very, he prides himself on being an out of the box thinker. So, I, I mean, I'll say one thing because we're talking about it internally, like what makes Get Visible different than agencies that exist on every street corner. And I would say there's three things. Not to be puffing, but it's like I'm curious what you guys think is what you think about this as well, which is, we have no salespeople, we have no account reps. We don't have prices on our website like everything is custom developed for each client based on their situation, and we have a thing we call all hands on deck. Like when you have a meeting, you're dealing with the people doing the work. So you're not dealing with an account rep who says, oh, let me go check with this person or that person. And sometimes clients feel overwhelmed because they get into many emails, let's say, from different stakeholders. But at the end of the day, they're getting expertise at the root level, at the ground level, and they're not having it filtered through an account rep who often doesn't really understand what's going on.
0: So it's a big difference, I think. Sales reps and account reps. So if if you guys don't have sales reps, how do you guys typically get new business?
1: All referral and all based on uh, me, essentially, almost all business. I now I get help from my team leader. So if someone comes in for a social media contract, I'm going to go to the social media head and say, this is what we're dealing with and do some research, but I'll fashion the proposal. It's because I'm not looking to be a commodity business. We have clients for over a decade. So if you're working with us, it's intimate. I mean, even uh, one of our employees on vacation and she's like three days into it, she's calling up just to say hello because she's like, I miss you guys, you know? And like, that's just as a boss, wow, that's crazy. You know, obviously we have a good relationship, but the same thing with clients where the clients and my team, they're sending each other memes, gifts, messages, stuff like that that transcend the work thing. So we're just an intimate agency in, in the respect of uh, I, I, I'm i trying to figure out a way to articulate. This It's not so easy because we're so different than most other agencies.
0: Well, well maybe uh, this is a bad question then, but is there anything specific that you set up to make it intimate or is it really just the people you hire or the right people? Like what's the, what's the ingredients in there? Well, it's two things. It's definitely
1: the people that we hire. Like there's an organization I belong to. I'll give them a shout out. It's called Provisors. So I get a lot of business from that because it's like a networking organization, like, like LaTip or BNI, let's say, but it's high level. So you're dealing with partners of law firms, partners of accounting firms, managers of bank departments. Like it's not low level, it's very high grade. So you, you don't sell to people in the room that you go to, you sell through them. But my Rolodex is in the thousands Of people that I've had multiple touch points for. And the reason the organization is valuable also is because you don't join unless you're a giver. If you're just looking to extract referrals, you're not going to get anywhere because no one's ever going to get up in the room and talk about you because people talk about you because you did something for them. So it's a self selecting group. So if you were working for me, you're coming to work for me because you have my mindset and my partner's mindset, which is. It's not a nine to five job, and we're not clocking people in. It's a passion job, and your reward is not the money. That's just a measure of success. The reward is the satisfaction in in accomplishing the outcome that the clients want and that you want. So I think it's like it's just I, when you don't have salespeople, and you don't have quotas, and you don't have commissions, the mindset's different. Mm right? People are happy. I mean, we did, we had, uh, I did give a raise to somebody and she started crying this week because I gave the number and it was the number that was in her head, maybe even a little bit higher. So she felt validated. That's great. You know what I mean? So, and, and the crying is, that's not the important thing. It's, it was a a crying of joy, but the fact that we could be humans with each other, I think is the point.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many I've been in, in, Situations where it's not like that, uh, and and it almost feels like you know, uh, I, I've almost felt like a rental piece at some at some businesses because you know they, they're almost so careful about all that kind of stuff. So I hear that you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, either on this call just now or or on a previous call that you made an acquisition and you bought the software company that you you had hired previously, yeah. Uh, what was the acquisition? process like was there any surprises good and bad like what what did that look like
1: yeah so what happened was I was the biggest client for my magazine business I bought the software company that had an e-commerce platform from the early mid 90s and so the 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 big surprise was that within a few months some of the biggest clients quit so what I thought I was acquiring I didn't get that's number one and number two was the software itself was really not that good and i wasn't a software guy but i had when i partnered with these three guys to sort of take over the platform they basically threw away the software and just rebuilt a built a completely new platform so i'm not angry about it it's not that live and learn sort of thing and i sort of knew what i was getting into but i didn't even have much of a choice because i was the biggest client and he was leaving like he was going to sell it to somebody and who knew what the new owner would be like. So uh, now I'm much more. I've been more careful because I've acquired things along the way to have some protection. Because if you're buying a services-based business with clients, you never know if they're going to stick.
0: That that's kind of why I asked uh, is exactly that. Would you, you know, I think that's a little bit different because it's software. Uh, but would you think about acquiring another, you know, mark smaller marketing agency or anything like that in the future?
1: Yeah, I definitely would. I mean, there's a I think that right now prices are high so it's hard to say people want multiples as if interest rates are back to 1% and so I don't know if, I don't know what the deal flow looks like right now but I've seen prices be very high I would acquire but I'd have protection
0: and is that would that be to Kind of add an additional service that you guys don't do already. Would that be to you, do you not want to do that and stay focused? Like what would potentially be the the I think the best
1: reason to acquire is economies of scale, because if I have the team already in place and I could bring somebody in that gives me more of the same type of business, I I would rather do that than try to open up a new stream of business. So like I don't want to go into media advertising as an example. So I, I wouldn't do a a parallel, I wouldn't do a related thing to go horizontal. I'd go vertical to stay within the same stream.
0: No, I think that, that makes sense. Um, and now to look at kind of the future of marketing and, and looking at the future of your company, especially um, with obviously so many things changing right now. Um, are you guys doing anything different this year or next year or kind of in the next year, couple of years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I spoke yesterday at a conference for CEOs conference too big sounds like hundreds of people there were 30 people there and maybe another 10 people on zoom but these are ceos i mean the value in that room was in the probably in the billions in terms of what they manage so i spoke only about artificial intelligence okay perfect and it was a it was supposed to be a 30-minute presentation i speak like a new yorker even though i'm from florida so i go fast And also because I don't remember anything that like tomorrow, if you ask us about this conversation, I will already have forgotten it. Uh, I'll remember the high level, but not the details. So I figure if I'm doing a presentation, no one's going to remember it anyway. They're going to remember the gist of it. So I say, here's the PowerPoint. You can have it. I'm just going to cover now all the things you can look at later so you get the idea of what I'm doing. So I had a 25 minute Q&A after a 20 minute presentation and they just stopped it because there were more speakers. And it's not that I was so awesome, but the content in there is on everyone's mind. They were taking pictures of my PowerPoint with their phones, even though they were gonna get the PowerPoint. It was a little weird, but uh, AI is the game changer for my business right now because it enables me and my team to deliver so much more than we could before. But the challenge of course is so other agencies have it too. So, and that's, that's the rub. How do you, uh, the big question today is if everybody's using Jasper and all these tools to create content, how do you create better content? Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. if somebody could just take the content I create, feed it into ChatGPT, chat GPT and say, rewrite it and make it 70% different. So it's not a copyright violation and it can do it and it's got the same content. So how do you make it better? So. Uh, I'm not going to reveal that, but there are ways to do it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you knew my next question there, and and maybe this is also an unfair question because you said you, you typically won't even remember what you said, which I am the same, boat. We, we are very similar. I talk way too fast as well, um, but can you give us some of the highlights of what you talked about then?
1: From yesterday? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, what was crazy is that I presented Wednesday, but Wednesday, morning, Tuesday, Facebook already released Llama, which is the new LLM model, right? And and LLAMA has a lot of things which are very engaging in the meeting because you control your data. So you can set it up so that you're not giving the data to the index and it can be self-contained. That's a big part of LLAMA and it's cheap. I think it's free for now. So uh, I talked about things like prompt stacking. So you can do a series of prompts and instead of waiting for the response and then putting in the next one, you can chain them all together and make it an automation. And then obviously, I didn't talk about it there. I did not want to go too deep, but you can use Zapier to create chains of things or a company called Bardeen, which will enable you to, it's like Zapier for for ChatGPT. I talked about plugins for ChatGPT that just make the interface better because the chat interface is terrible. Uh, But truthfully, beyond ChatGPT, use Claude. Claude is like comparing a mouse to an elephant. It's got way more... Uh, um it's like 2500 versus seventy five thousand in terms of the scope of a conversation so there I, I just tried to give them a bird's eye view of what different tools are available and different experiences and then there's five different ways you can use chat and each engine has something special so like google bard is good for one thing chat gpt for another thing Claude for another thing so the one thing i tell people is go get a subscription to poe.com poe because it gives you access to
0: all the models in one place Damn, you gave us uh, all the resources there uh and, and we have a co-host on the call today alex did you have any thoughts i saw you shaking your head a few times so i don't know if you wanted to add anything to that
1: yeah, I think it's um, using the right model, even like within ChatGPT for certain things um, is, is interesting and fine tuning it.
0: Um, I've also seen, um, I haven't used Claude or Poe, as you've mentioned, but um, I have played around with Google Bard and I'm getting some better results uh,
1: depending on what I'm looking for than ChatGPT. Correct. And then there's a, a thing called uh, modular mind. They're the ones that have a thing called prompt stacking and prompt chaining. I don't even hundred percent know how to use it yet, but it's it's good stuff. I am AI is nuts. I mean, you literally need to hire someone to spend a day, eight hours a day, just testing all the things coming out because every day there's dozens of tools being introduced.
0: This is why I'm, you use- Alex. I'm
1: sorry, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you using um, AI for more than just content? Or is it mostly content driven? We're not. We're only using it for content. I mean, I spoke about more things where it has application. For my agency, we're going to use it in one other place. We're going to use it for marketing, direct outreach. We're going to use AI. It's still content because it's going to create messaging that's tailored. But we're not using it for customer service, for example. I'm debating whether to put a chat engine on the website to talk to people. But we're not. Again, that's. If you're running an, a non-intimate numbers-based business, then those chat things are awesome. But if you're like me, where it's it's about the intimacy and, and tailoring the discussion, I can't trust an engine to nuance out what I think I'm giving to clients. I mean, mm-hmm. when you finish a conversation with me, you need an uh, an Advil. Let's put it that way.
0: Uh, and, and maybe for a lack of better question, as we kind of close up this last chapter on the AI stuff, I, I want to keep diving into this because I kind of want to make the episode title yeah. uh, something about this. Um, and, and again, for lack of better questions, is there anything else you would like to add about AI that's worth mentioning?:
1: No, we're good.
0: <laughs> and a few questions I tend to ask at the end. Uh, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be?
1: Well, that's a good question. I like to say a mantra from even though I'm not a diver but it's always in my head at the front which is called plan the dive dive the plan so the idea is I don't live it but the idea is if you plan it's sort of like that movie with the Venus and Serena Williams there was a scene in the movie where the girls are telling their dad they're showing them their diary where they make the plan for the next day at night and they did they achieve what they set out to achieve I think that's very important because it's so easy to be distracted and to look for shiny objects, which is really what I do all day long. But at least for my team, like we have a project management system. We have a new client that's introducing a project management system called Coamplify. And it it, it creates structure around what they do. Because what people love more than anything else is process. So process, if I'm talking about marketing, is reduce whatever you're doing to a process so it's repeatable. Then you can go outside the edges. But if you don't know what the edges are, then you're just living outside amorphously. So you have to define your boundaries before you can go outside the boundaries. I think that's a big thing.
0: That was great. I don't think anyone's kind of mentioned anything in that category. Um, What do you enjoy talking about the most that you normally don't get an opportunity to talk about? God. Was that literal or was that a reaction? <laughs> no, no, that's uh
1: religion. I think we live in such a modern culture. I mean, I know I'm religious, I'm I get all that, but I feel like a um we're losing touch with the things we can't touch, feel and see. And so I feel like there's and, and there's a humility in, 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 in a religious mindset. Doesn't mean everybody needs to be religious. It's not the point, but there's, there's especially now, I maybe it's like this in every generation, but there's such a me, me too type of gestalt that, and it doesn't mean we don't care about other people. It's not about that, but there's just, I feel like there needs to be more humility and gratitude in the world. And I think that you, you tend to have more of it when there's some superpower that is part of that conversation. And I don't want to turn off people that don't believe in God or things like that. There could be something else that you substitute for that. I think the idea is really, it's just going, transcending you. That would be the two words I would use. What can you point to in your life that transcends your own personal interest? And by the way, doing things for other people can also be a you thing. It could get, like, I, I know people that are into their dogs and their pets, and they think that that validates that they could treat people badly because they're so awesome to their animals, right? So it's like, just because you do things for other people doesn't necessarily mean that you're a humble person or have gratitude. You could be transferring, you know, feelings. I don't want to get too deep onto it, but uh, I, I like having intimate conversations with people. That well, I really
0: yeah, I really like that because, you know, I, I tend to read like more philosophy, which obviously there's a lot of lessons that are similar. And I have a friend that went through AA and um, he's not necessarily the most religious person, but he uses the word God uh, just kind of, you know, in that same space. So it doesn't need to be, you know, this man in the sky type thing. It, it really right. is the all encompassing, you know, everything around that. So I, I think that was a, a great uh, thing to say. Right.
1: I mean, I don't want to sound like, what what is it, uh, pretentious or things like that. It's not about that. And it's very hard to nuance it without sounding like you're some right-wing fanatic, right? So and I, I, no one would ever call me that um mm. but at the same point, it, it's it, I like those hard conversations. When I was going to be an attorney, I was going to be an estate attorney because I wanted to get into the family drama mm. Mm. meaning I would like to help the drama, obviously. Right. Right, but right. it would be like every day being inside a soap opera. It'd be sort of interesting, uh, but at the same point, it would be empowering because maybe I could help people.
0: And and right? I and I can ask any uh, any other Yiddish words you like to just throw out there. I'm I'm always here for that. Well, the best ones are "gunkakhanaf" and "yam." You know what that means?
1: No, <laughs> you don't know that one. It's, it, it's go crap in the sea. It's a very old. Uh, Yiddish. Uh, I don't really know Yiddish. I I know certain phrases like that. It's just basically telling someone to f off.
0: Uh, Alex, you knew that one. It sounded like yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you guys send that to me after this? I'll, I'll try to put down. In in there,
1: there's an old Arab curse which I think they have in Yiddish also. It's like you should go outside with butter on your head. It's like it should melt all over you from the heat and just.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm happy I asked that question. I knew I, I knew I had to so. Um, Great. Ask a couple of questions. Are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? Uh,
1: yes, yes. We're we're very much thinking about a uh, an SEO related job. I don't know what more experience. Not not a junior person. Gotcha. We're perfect. just we're just busy, and I think we're we're we try to not get overloaded. So, like that plan the dive thing. So we're planning for the growth.
0: So yeah. And the last question, my favorite question, any books, podcasts, or newsletter, any kind of recommendations like that? Uh, Business, marketing, not any- no, no, no I, I
1: hear you. I hear you. So I would say uh the AI exchange, I think of all the AI, uh, they charge money. So that's why it's probably better content, but they're creating all these uh, first of all, they're covering everything that's happening in AI, that just like the other ones that are out there, but they also create playbooks. So if you're trying to get into the AI world, that's a good one. I'm given a big secret on that one, but yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Yeah, my my own uh, newsletter. Please. I don't advertise it. If you want it, you have to write me.
0: Well, uh, my last thing I, I say here is as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. So. Perfect.
1: For that. Yeah, they Well, I think on my screen, it tells them how to find me. But uh, if they want to email me for my newsletter, I have to put up a page for that eventually. People, I get very good um, feedback from it. I just don't promote it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you spend the time. Too. Yeah.
1: I know. I know. It's a passion thing. So uh, well, maybe you'll inspire me to do it.
0: Yeah, hopefully. I would, I would love that. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And and for those of you who learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality of guests. And as always, thank you for listening. Jason, I love this episode. Thank you for really like focusing on that AI stuff. I love that. Thank you. Like to be different, right? Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at DevNoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients. DevNoodle.com